has blessed us with a beautiful day on Easter. So um, let's continue with the word of the Lord. First of all, uh, last week, uh, of course, we every week, for those of you who are first-time uh, guests to our service, we just want to welcome you here at Pentecostal Tabernacle, uh, where everybody is somebody and Jesus Christ is Lord. And uh, we start out our services, or particularly my sermons, giving a children's question from the service last week. And we have a gift card for those of you who would present your answer on, uh, at the address below the screen. So here's the question. The question is, last week I said that the devil, whose name means slanderer or a liar, and I said, what are the three OMG lies that Satan, our opponent, presents on us or tries to deceive us with? There are three lies we call the OMG lies. And one begins with O, one begins with M, and one begins with G. So if you would fill that, uh, send your answer to the email below. You must be 17 years old and under, and uh, hopefully you will win the Dunkin' Donuts gift cards. God bless you. God bless you. I want to encourage you also to uh, send an invitation to our Easter service, to your friends, to your loved ones, to your coworkers, to those who want to be encouraged and those who want to and need to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. So please send them the link um, as we proceed with our service. And finally, I want to thank those who are able to attend and be a blessing and help to push forth our 24-hour straight prayer watch from Good Friday, 6 a.m. to Saturday, yesterday at 6 a.m. It was a powerful time, um, you know, especially the testimonies that took place at midnight. Uh, God is so good to us. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Saturday evening, reading from the New Living Translation, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James, and Solomon, Salome went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint, prepare Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb, as in Sunday morning today. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb, seeing that the stone was so heavy? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large and heavy, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. Of course, we know that this young man was an angel. The woman was shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Yes, Christ is risen indeed. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, or one translation says, especially 
Peter that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee and you will see him there just as you were told before he died. I want to speak to you on the subject, Reset Part 2, Living Your Post-Pandemic Life. Reset Part 2, Living Your Post-Pandemic Life. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, and we bow the prayers of the Apostle Paul. We ask you, Lord, and according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I ask you that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power so that people's faith will not rest in the wisdom of man or the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. I also borrow the words of the writer of Hebrews who said in chapter 2, verse 4, that I ask that you would bear witness to what my preaching, both with signs and wonders and different miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your own will. And finally, I pray for those who are listening to the sound of my voice, borrowing the words from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have invested in each and every one of us who are your saints? And help us to know what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that now resides in us. In Jesus' name we ask it, amen, and speak to us. Again, we're talking about reset. Last week we talked about reset part one, a holy week catastrophe. This week we're talking about reset part two, living your post-pandemic life. Now again, I'm going to ask you, we did this last week, but you may be new to this service this morning. And so I, I, I did a survey with about 20 people of all different ages, and I asked them this question. When you hear the, re the word reset, what does it make you think about, and how does it make you feel? Again, the word reset, how does, what does the word reset make you think about, what does it make you feel? And what I want you to do is put in the chat one word that describes how you think or how you feel about the word reset. For some people, reset means new beginning, even though that's two words. But again, put in the chat, how does the word reset make you feel? What does the word reset make you think about? Right now, put in the chat. I'll give you about 20 seconds or so. Put in the chat, how does the word reset make you feel? What does the word reset make you think about? Put one word, couple words, short phrase. What does that word reset make you think about or make you feel? One of the definitions of the word reset, it means to set or adjust or to fix in a new 
or a different way. Again, the word reset means to set or adjust or to fix in a new or different way. And we have been going through a tremendous reset by virtue of the coronavirus. The coronavirus pandemic has now been in full effect in this country and throughout the world uh, since last year, around February, and the coronavirus has really caused a worldwide reset. You may not realize it, but the word coronavirus actually uh, comes from two Latin words, corona, which means crowned, and virus, which means poison. So yes, coronavirus is the crown or the king of all poison. As a matter of fact, this word corona in the Latin, it means besiege. So in other words, uh, we, we find that this virus has really been the besieger. It is. It has, it has put the whole world on lockdown, and it has changed the way we, do, we have done our lives. The, the coronavirus has reset particularly this country. Uh, over 500 and 50,000 people have passed away from coronaviruses. And I shared earlier, even my dad passed away from the COVID-19 virus. Already, it is only the month of, we've only been through three, month, three months now. We're in the beginning of April. And in three months, we've already lost 175 people in this country alone. The virus has truly has created and, and caused us to do things in a new way. We, we, we go to church differently. <laughs> Most Easter's we would be having three services, with three packed out services. We've, we've done Easter service differently. We've done movies differently. We shop differently. We, we go to, we do school differently. The virus, has reset and caused us to do things in a new and different way. So when we see even when Jesus was walking along the shore and he saw a man named Simon and he reset Simon's purpose from being a fisherman and in Matthew Chapter 16, verse 16 to 19, he resets Simon from being a fisherman. His, the name Simon means one who hears to Peter. And you're going to be Peter as in rock, and you are going to be a leader in my church. You are going to, I, I am resetting your life. I am resetting your purpose. I'm putting your, your life purpose in a new and different way. And yet, in the middle of this reset, catastrophe hits. We call it, as I said last week, the Holy Week catastrophe, which ends Holy Week being from Palm Sunday through, of course, Good Friday, which was a good Friday for us, but a bad Friday for Jesus where he was crucified, where he was beaten, uh, when he was 
and beat him with a whip 39 times and the crown of thorns put on his head as, as exemplified in the dance that Overflow Ministry did. Blood pouring down his head, blood in his hands, blood in his feet, a spear shoved in his side, there were, and blood, of course, on his back. Jesus was a bloody mess, but he needed to be a bloody mess because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there can be no removal, remission, sending back of sin. And that's why Jesus had to shed his blood because blood had to be shed. And if it wasn't going to be Jesus' blood, it was going to be ours because the wages, the payment for sin, the penalty for sin is death. And Jesus paid that penalty. But Peter, who, who said, Jesus, I don't care about these other guys. I will never leave you. I'll never abandon you. And Jesus said three times, Peter, you are going to not simply abandon me. You're going to literally say you never even met me. You don't even know who I am. Of course, Peter denies knowing Jesus three times publicly. And the last time when he says, I don't know him, and even swore, cursed, to make sure people, because they know Jesus don't swear, they, they, and so they were, he basically cursed to prove that he is not a follower of Jesus, not even associated with him. And the third time he cursed, Jesus just so happened to be in the area, and they locked eyes, and Peter wept bitterly, saying, how could I do this to this man? And he wept, saying, my goodness, forget the reset. Forget the fact that he is, he said, I am depending on you to lead this, this, this entity, this, this corporation that I'm going to create called the the, the church, the ecclesia. I'm depending on you, Peter. Forget that. The fact that I love him, how could I possibly have done that? Because I messed up. Surely, surely the purpose, the reset he had for me is over. I'm done. I'm finished. I blew it. It's finished. Surely he's going to change his mind now. Well, he's dead, so... That's the end of it. And yet Jesus, on the third day, he rose up from the grave with all power and all authority. And surely with all that power and all that authority, he could have said, now that I'm risen, where's Peter? Peter, you know what? You had your opportunity. You had your, your, the test to prove that you are worthy of being the leader of my church, but because you blew it, I am resetting your purpose. You're going back to being a fisherman. And yet Jesus, though he's not in the grave, he, oh my Lord have mercy, he tells the angel that whoever comes to see where they laid me, tell them I'm no longer here, angel. The word angel means messenger. Tell them that I am risen and tell them 
to make sure that they tell my disciples, especially Peter, because I know how broken and how much of a failure he feels at this moment. But tell Peter, I have not changed my purpose. And we find out later, 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church, which is celebrated this year uh, on May 23rd, that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, he, he becomes the spokesman in front of thousands of people. And, and Peter, only 50 days before, or 52 days before, denied knowing Jesus to a little 12-year-old girl. Now he's standing out in front of thousands of people filled with the Holy Ghost and saying, this Jesus who you crucified, whoa, whoa, where'd you get such boldness? Jesus, reset my purpose. I'm a, I'm a brand new Peter because of Jesus. Ah. See the folk, see folks, Jesus resets all of us if we choose to be reset at the cross. Where Jesus died, he resets our purpose. He resets who we are. Peter goes from a failure. Peter goes from a, a betrayer, basically. Not so much a traitor like Judas, but basically he, 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 he abandoned. He abandoned Jesus. He goes from that to someone who fulfills his purpose that Jesus said he reset him. He reset him. You see, it is at the cross where Jesus resets two things for us which is going to make all the difference in your life. At the cross, because of his blood, Jesus resets our mind, the way we think, and Jesus resets our hearts, the way we feel. What do you mean? If you notice in the video, the dancer representing uh, death had the crown of thorns. That crown of thorns was worn by Jesus, and it created blood. And the reason why Jesus had to have that crown of thorn is because we needed our minds to be set free so that we can be reset. Yes. See, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says this, and be not conformed in, by this world. In other words, do not let the world form you with its mindset and its culture. But he says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Why? So that you can test and prove that God's will, I say God's will fills the gap. What do you mean? God's will is good, God's will is acceptable, and God's will is perfect. See, God reset my life from being an accountant, nothing wrong with that, to being a pastor, 
See, God, you have no idea who you're supposed to be until Jesus comes into your life and resets your life to what you were created and born to do. I was born to be a pastor. Oh, yes, I was. I am born to be a pastor, born to be a leader in the body of Christ. But that's because Jesus resetting me. And Jesus wants to reset you the way you think. And here's the beauty of it. This is, this is the beauty of the blood of Jesus. You don't have to be bound in your mind and thinking anymore. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, one of my favorite scriptures, simply because of the power of it, it says this. The Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blame and without spot, before God, purge your conscience, purge your mind from dead works, that is works that are killing you so that you can serve God. God wants to free your mind from works that are killing you. No, uh, anger and depression and and uh, frustration. I'm not talking about, yeah, we all get frustrated, but being bound by frustration and, and pornography and all the things that, that, that will destroy your life, uh, greed, and all of those things that just constantly wreck our purpose. He, he wants to free our mind. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It releases your mind from works that are killing you so that you can serve God. But we don't simply have a mind problem, we have a heart problem. We have a heart problem. We have a we have an attitude problem. So Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as a person thinks in their heart, so that person is. As you think in your heart, that's who you are. It's amazing how your mind will say, No, nah, don't, don't go out with that person, but your heart says, I'm in love. And using your heart is going to overrule your way of thinking. That's why you got to get a heart set free as well. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, carefulness, because out of your heart flows your issues. Oh, yeah, flows your issues. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, this is why I love the fact that Jesus died on the cross because he said, because God made his promise that through Jesus... I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. And I'm going to remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. A heart of stone means a heart that, that yes, a heart that does not respond to me. A heart that says, I know I messed up. I know I can't get my act together. But, but how do I respond to the voice of God? You have the ability to respond right now to what I'm saying because God wants to give you a new heart if you would give your life to Jesus. Why do I need to be reset? Why is a reset needed? Well, the reason why I need to be resetted, and this scripture scares me, Lord have mercy, it scares me, and that is Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. It says, the heart... My heart, my emotions are deceitful above all things. In other words, the, the main function of my heart, I'm not talking about my physical heart, but my, my heart, my attitude is to deceive me. Well, I'm not deceived. Come on. Every, every, every one of us, I thought I was in love. That's deception, okay? 
Your heart will lie to you. Your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Another version says, your heart is beyond repair. That's why God has to give us a new heart. He says, who can know it? You and I do not know what we are capable of doing. For wickedness, out of our desperation. But the Bible says, here's the cure. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test and examine the mind, and I give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. And that's why I love this scripture. And I came to this scripture when I was 10 years old says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the grave, you shall be saved. You shall be rescued. Rescued from what? Rescued from sin, which is always trying to mess up my life. Rescued from death, meaning that when I die, I am going to be living eternally with Jesus Christ, and rescued, really, from myself. As T.D. Jakes once said in his, script, in his sermon, the enemy is enemy. No one can hurt Brian Greene more than Brian Greene. And yet, Jesus will set me free from myself. And some of you need to be set free from yourself. And how can that happen? Through the blood of Jesus sets us free, sets us free. Um, I want to end with this illustration, and that is my phone was acting crazy, my cell phone. And I said to myself, well, let me go to my, my carrier to find out what's going on with my phone, because I figured maybe there's something wrong with my carrier. And I, 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 I looked up and, he, and the person told me, you need to get your, your phone reset. Because what was happening is that uh, when I would text or send messages to people who have an a, uh, Android, a phone other than the iPhone, the messages weren't going through. And even sometimes messages to people who had iPhones uh, wasn't going through. Even worse, when I was driving around certain parts of Cambridge, especially when I was around Harvard's uh, Square, all my calls would drop or I couldn't get calls through and I was getting frustrated and I was like, maybe I need to buy a new phone, which would have been a lot of money, or maybe I need to get a new carrier, which would have been a lot of money too. So when I went there and they said, you need to reset your phone, and the word reset means, when you reset the phone, it means uh, when an application or a system process becomes unresponsive, and starts behaving in erratic, that is, deviates from the proper course or conduct. So my phone was not operating the way it should. It needed to be reset because it was operating erratically. It wasn't working. Calls were being dropped. So I did a soft reset. They show you, you know, you press the volume number, uh, the volume switch up and down, and then you hold the power button, and it goes blank, and then it resets, and hopefully your, app, your apps will work. And so I did that. I shared with you last week. I did that, and 
It worked a little while, but then, though the apps were working, my calls were still dropping, and my calls weren't working. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And then thank God for my wife. Because my wife taught me how to, sometimes the best thing way to get things fixed is to go to YouTube. <laughs> so I went to Google, YouTube, and I found out that I did one reset, but there was another reset that the, that the person at the store didn't even tell me about. Because I didn't want to do a hard reset, which erases everything. I just wanted my phone to work. So I found out there was a system reset. And I went and did a, a system reset, and all of a sudden, where I was getting one bar, I was getting four bars, and where my phone was dropping calls for months, now it was, I mean, it was working wonderfully. And I was like, yes, if it, it felt like I had a brand new phone. What's my point? I'm, my point is, is that Jesus wants to reset your life to the point that you are brand new. And the beauty about Jesus is that he doesn't want to do a hard reset, meaning that reset you to the point that you go back to the original factory version. What do you mean? Meaning that all of your experiences and all of the people you've met and all the things that you went through, he doesn't want to wipe that clean so that, so that you don't even know about those experiences because those experiences are going to be a part of you. And so Jesus does a soft reset, a hard reset in the sense of your sin and the way you process, but a soft reset in the sense that you are still going to be you. All of your experiences are still going to be you, but he's going to take those broken, hurtful, frustrating, even devastating experiences, and he's going to, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. God is going to reset your mess, mess that you may have caused, and maybe how people messed with you. And he's going to turn it into a masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2, read it for yourself. And so I leave this scripture with you as we close. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person becomes a new creation. That is the new creation. The new you comes. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, for how you have made being reset a possibility. Father, even as people are bowing their heads and this pandemic has turned their lives upside down, they've lost loved ones, maybe they themselves have experienced the symptoms of 
COVID-19 and it has wreaked havoc in their personal life and their personal health. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they would give their life to you. And, you, and how can they do that? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you want Jesus to come into your heart so that he can reset your purpose to what you were created to do, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But Jesus, I believe, like the Overflow Dance Ministry showed, that you're no longer dead, but you're alive. And because you're alive, I'm asking you, come into my heart. Save me from my sin. I'm asking you. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, and this is what Bishop is telling me, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be rescued, shall be saved. So I call Jesus, come into my heart and make me a child of God. If you did that, please get in touch with us, write us, email us at the address below the screen so that we can get in contact with you, so that we can share with you information on how you can really grow in your resetted life with the Lord. Also, at the end of the service, we have uh, Zoom room, private prayer rooms where people are waiting to pray for you. So whether you are just giving your life to Jesus as of Easter, what a wonderful Easter gift to Jesus, or you just simply say, hey, I'm already a Christian but a believer in Jesus, but I need extra prayer. Please join us at this time and pray with us and let us have the opportunity to pray with you. Now at this time, I'm going to ask my lovely wife to come and she's going to give the closing blessing because you know what? We and some of you who are new to our service, we don't give a closing prayer. We give a closing blessing. So could you put out your hands right now as if you're receiving a blessing because the Bible says you can read it for yourself in James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father blood. But so because the gift is coming from God, we're going to put out our hands and receive the blessing of the Lord based on Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. Could you pray, hon? Amen. So I want to give this blessing to you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. That is, look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. May he grin, may he beam, and show his pleasure on you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. That is kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate. May the Lord show you his favor that will, that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, and side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, which is his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. May he remove 
anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus. And everyone said, say, I receive that blessing. May you have a wonderful Easter and a blessed resurrection day. God bless you.